Scope, a podcast of two guys in their 20s, giving their respect on the games that we love and lots of pop culture and the main mind at all. I'm your host, Wins of Burns, but my kind of say about Morris. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. Another podcast getting ready to do. Yeah, man. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just making sure. Oh, my bad, because it seemed like it was lagging. Sorry. Oh, no. But we have a lot of topics to get into today, as usual. Obviously, um, some some NBA uh, playoff topics. Um, Aaron Rodgers headed to the Jets. Uh, also, the the tanking the the, the uh, tanking Ryan Garcia fight was a, was a major uh, topic over the weekend, and and, and we're definitely going to get into yep. that. And in the second half, we're going to do a review of um, Snowfall's uh, late last season. To start off with, just thoughts on, on this the Heat series win and Jimmy Butler's phenomenal performances uh, in the Bucks uh, series. Miami won one twenty eight to one twenty six in overtime. Uh, in Milwaukee, and is one of the few eight seeds to ever upset uh, upset a one seed. Uh, Butler scored forty two points, and this was their second straight um, stunning fourth quarter rally. But what are your thoughts on a series that I mean, from the jump, it was it was one that we could tell was going to be a little different just because of the Giannis injury, but also people were not expecting yeah. that he to just run away with the series and even close it out on the road. So how do how do you feel about the series, and also just like you know, kind of the 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 breakdown in communication for the Bucks because their offense just was really stagnant the last 10 minutes and didn't even get a shot off um, in, in uh, the last play of overtime. Yeah. Man, I did not think this was going to happen. We talked about this last week. I said the Giannis effect was going to kick in. He's just, God is going to take over the game. It showed like that when he first, the first game he came back, it showed that he was just getting back in the groove and that these guys will not have an answer. But we've seen this Jimmy Butler before, man. He, obviously, he's the difference maker. He's the deciding factor. The bubble yeah. Jimmy. He just came up short. Jimmy Butler gave his all. And that's, I think that's what we're starting to believe and love more about Jimmy Butler every single time he gets on the court. He's going to give his all. He's going to give every ounce he has to, that, to the basketball team and to his teammates. So I think that's the difference. But looking at the Miami Heat, I didn't think they were going to do that because one, bam, has not played like he has played the last couple of years. His rebounding has decreased. His his point scoring has decreased. The one-two game that we love so much, him finishing at the rim has decreased. So I thought that Jimmy Butler, even though he's going to go off, he's going to get his numbers, that they weren't going to have enough to stop Giannis. And now I'm wrong. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> It was, it was, it was, bro, it's, Giannis had 38 points in the last game, and just that whole sequence in itself, just, it had no sense of urgency. Giannis, the the, the play that you mentioned earlier, them not even getting a shot off, no sense of urgency, grabbed the re-round, dropped it off, drove, threw it back, They uh, the other guy drove, threw it back, and then by the time he tried to give up a shot, it was over with. They didn't look like they want to win. They didn't look like they have a sense of urgency right there, and I think, there's a lot of things that you can't do when it comes to playoff being in the playoffs and going on a playoff run is have not have a sense of urgency. And we talked about Russell Westbrook's like rhythm or his right. pace. They needed that that Russell Westbrook rhythm and pace right there. A sense of urgency. That's how Russell Please. Westbrook plays. Like he has <laughs> like he has a, a gun to the back of the head. And they say, hey, run, run really fast. And you better <laughs> score. Like, like he's getting threatened for his life every time he's going to court. They didn't have that. And man, hats off to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler really put the the team on his back, and we see what yeah, happens. Yeah, and, and I mean, Yikes. yeah, it's 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 astounding what's developed and taken place because there was also this notion that Miami was just like 
underachieving and that they needed to like change what they wanted to do for next offseason. There were questions about like, hey, is this is this core team going to stay the same? Is this going to be the same unit? Like, do you feel as though at, and obviously when this is an eighth seed, you're naturally going to like not give them as much credit. But do you think there was a little bit of just like the heat being overlooked and maybe like not us not looking at the track record of this is a team that they're always coached well, they always play together. And like Jimmy Butler said, give us give us any series and we'll, we feel as though we're confident enough to maybe, you know, not be the favorite, but to be competitive. In. I'll give them that. Being competitive, yeah. sure. Different. But being the favorite to beat Milwaukee, uh, and I mean, obviously, who is just calling me? Somebody's calling me out the blue, man. It's the fans, <laughs> man. But, um... But no, I lost my train of thought because of my phone came. They've called me one time, they called me back. Uh, and I don't know the number, it's not safe. But competitive, yes. We know Jimmy Butler's a competitor. They got a a, a veteran, Kevin Love. Kyle Lowry has been on the, the uh side. And we Hero's talked about been Bam being on the uh side. And Hero has been, you know, Hero's been out. And those guys, and they depend on him for the mm-hmm. three-point shot, right? And finishing at the rim. And when you get, we saw this Jimmy Butler before. So I'm thinking, okay, Jimmy Butler's going to get his numbers. We saw this. Uh-oh, there's a... Hold on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Yeah, this is Avon. Yeah. Doing pretty good. No, I'm actually doing a podcast. Uh, what's this about? Free stuff? Yeah, I'm actually live right now looking at my uh my calls. We sure on Zencaster, but yeah, let me give you a call back after the podcast. Uh I'm not sure. We started a little late. I'll I'll probably yeah, I'll probably give you a call afterwards. All right. And we're back. Call me three. <laughs> Sorry, let me Sorry about this, man. Sorry about that. That just made me mad because my girlfriend gets the life, he's life insurance guy or something. And I don't already have life insurance or have all that stuff. He called me. That's annoying. You call somebody three times back to back at 729. That's wild. That's crazy. Yeah, that pissed me Thank off. You. Sorry, man. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> How you want to jump back in, bro? But, but but looking ahead for Miami, obviously they're playing. They're going to be playing the Knicks. We're going to be talking about them uh, and and their win against Cleveland. How do you foresee? Because I feel like that's going to be a very physical series. Both teams are are are, are physical in nature. And Jalen Brunson, we're seeing what he's doing so far early on. The guard play is going to be key in that series. Like, how do you? We've seen a history of Heat Knicks series back even back in the nineties. Some of like yeah. the biggest brawls that we've ever seen. Uh, so much history between those two teams, yes. but, but how do you kind of foresee your early expectations for for even that series? Yes, man, I didn't think this was going to get out that series, and I know we're going to talk about yeah. that a little later. But I think it's going to be interesting. We're gonna we're gonna see if Jimmy Butler can continue this streak and then continue this this high playing first first round is is always especially the eighth AFC is going to be strenuous. You got to give it your all. Nobody, you're the underdog, the but the second round of the playoffs. Spotlights on you. You're playing a team that's confident. They just beat a Cavs team that were were looking at the favor, especially for me. I thought yeah. Garland was going to continue winning. that pace, and yeah, and then Donovan Mitchell, and we, we're t- yeah. That. So this is going to be <laughs> it's going to be an interesting series for sure, and it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm going to see how they're going to play. How will Bam step up? Will Kevin Love get a little streaky at certain points of of these right. of the games? Because they're going to need him. And then Kyle Lowry. Like, their bench have to play more because I know Jimmy Butler cannot keep this up for two series back-to-back. Yeah. There's going to be an eventual this is, this has runoff. To- eventual, like, you know, cutoff at, at, at this. Like, this is unsustainable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what we're seeing. Like, yes. Yeah, it, it's it unsustainable. Like, he's, he, it's, it's, he's obviously the most impressive playoff performer we have so far this year. But to actually can carry this series after series is going to get draining. It's going. It's going to get draining, and you're going to need bench points. To you know, need guys coming off the bench right. and scoring. And man, listen, man, you Jimmy Butler cannot do this by himself because they're going against a a a team that's very confident going into this series. So, and this has this has the ability to go to a six seven games six six to seven games in a series. So you're going to have to be. Man, no, there's no way he's gonna do it. I, I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe. Um, and, and now getting to the Warriors' road win in game in game five versus Sacramento, them being up three two now. Um, it, it's going to take its first road win this playoffs, and it was one twenty three to one sixteen. Steph had thirty one points, and Draymond also had his highest scoring game in, in more than five years. But um, this is obviously the the, the type of the the notion. And the storyline we've been talking about Golden State all, all season is, you know, can they win on the road? Can they get it down on the road? And this was one of those type of games. I feel as though it was one of their most complete playoff performances so far. Um, obviously, Draymond was knocking down shots. Jordan Poole was making smart decisions. Andrew yes. Wiggins. It, it was just like the, a total team effort. Everything was clicking. It looked like a traditional Golden State road win. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game for them? And also um, them heading back, them heading back home with a chance to close it out. Kings are missing, or they're missing the window. So, game, they should have took game one, two, three, four. Well, not game one, two, three. They should be the ones that have three games. Because eventually, they're going to settle down. The Warriors are going to settle down and remember who yeah. they are. They are the defending champs. Time. Too much time to figure out and get a groove going. Draymond's back. And he's contributing more than just being a field general and a guy who's going to be a defensive person. He's knocking down shots like he did, what, 15, yeah. 16, 17? Like, he's been, 
that Draymond, that that stench of Draymond, he was more, he was knocking down shots. They leave him open. He was knocking down threes. And now you got to come to him. Now he's dishing it out. Now he's being what he really is, yeah. a field general and a defensive presence. So they have waited too long. And then Barnes is upset with him. It's just giving more fuel. Can't, can't give gonna, him more fuel, they got, especially yeah. Draymond. You can't give Draymond more fuel as well. <laughs> he doesn't need much. Because what was what, what? Say you don't like ketchup on your hot yeah, dog is over with. Like he said something about like Harrison Barnes invited all the other warriors to his wedding, but him, that's like yeah, but yeah, you know Draymond Barnes, doesn't forget about anything. That, <laughs> and then Jefferson is so Richard Jefferson is stuff about I even got to invite. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's crazy. <laughs> so they're missing their window, and the deer and fox got hurt. He's not full, help, fully healthy. They're missing that window because we didn't think the Kings were going to be the three number three seed coming into right. this year. You're missing your window from the defending champs. You have to win force game seven. If if you don't come out guns blazing the first two quarters, it's over with. And they're home. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, like I. <laughs> I think they're going to like whenever a team goes back to Golden. No yeah, it's just like, you know, like we got there should be a, a case study it. on like the type of home season they're having. <laughs> it's like one of the greatest home records. <laughs> it's like, what's the difference between home and road for this team? They literally just cannot miss at home. I've just never seen I, I like the 85 Celtics. 85 study? Celtics were 40 and one. At home. Like, I think Golden State's only lost crazy. three games <laughs> at home the entire... They're, like, an historically great home <laughs> It's wild. No, everything you're saying is <laughs> spot on. Case study. They do need to do a case study. Oh, documentary. <laughs> what just was home different games. from just home, home games. <laughs> <laughs> Talking that deep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and, and now getting to, 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 to obviously, we're, we're mentioning that the Knicks advancing past the Cavs and getting ready for Miami. They're able to win 106-95. Jalen Brunson scored 23 points. And R.J. Barrett added 21. Um, and, and New York really just showed their toughness and, and depth overall in this series. Yeah. Um, they had all the answers. Um, Jalen Brunson, to me, he's becoming one of the most just entertaining players to watch. Like, he is just, he's a gamer. Like, he just, he just always, always steps up in, in a way that he goes after it. And, and now, can he can he keep it up against Miami? That's, that's the same thing we're saying about Jimmy Butler. Can he keep it up, it up against New York? Yeah. It's going to be the interesting contrast. But what were your thoughts on this series? Because we both really liked Cleveland this year, uh, had high expectations for them, yeah. but uh, things just, just didn't click Whoa. for them. I'll say in the playoffs, in the playoffs yeah, not the playoffs, this yeah, not year. Because yeah. we talked about that yeah. Donovan Mitchell trade, and I was like, what they expect him to do? That was Cavs always do any and everything just to get one guy. <laughs> and it's cool. Uh, and they get out the first round of playoffs, but it's whatever. Uh, I still stick stick to what I said about Jalen Brunson. I don't think he's ready to be the number one guy. I still think that. I think it was more so a collaboration between Barrett robinson with the rebounding and out rebounding two guys in one and i think that was um allen in mobley he out rebounded two guys the whole series second chance points i think is a collaboration of obviously is a team sport so it's a collaboration i don't think Jalen brunson has stood out to me and if he's going to be that guy and i've seen a lot of press saying that oh he's he's the second blunder of the dallas mavericks just like they get they let steve nash get away I don't think so. I don't think this is a blunder. I ha- he hasn't shown me personally that he's a number one guy and that he can carry a team. 
We still gotta see more. I think it's a bunch. Yeah, I still gotta see more, man. And then you're you're going to you're playing against a battered a battered Cavaliers team who has two guys really in my eyes. And Garland, who had a phenomenal, I think, game two, went out and then we didn't see him for the rest of the series. So I think these young there is a bunch of young guys on Cavaliers, and Donovan Mitchell is not a savior. We know that he's every time he gets to the playoffs, it's he doesn't give enough. He's not Jimmy Butler or a LeBron James or KD or those guys who step up in the big time in the games, and I haven't seen it from him. So he still hasn't given me enough to say, hey, Jalen Brunson is the number one guy because RJ Barry had a phenomenal yeah, game, phenomenal game. Both front court and back court. So I, I think going into the series, he'll have to show, he'll have to really give indication that he separated himself from his, the rest of his teammates. Now, I think his teammates think that, and I know I'm going over a little bit. I think his teammates think that because he, game two, he shot majority of the shots. He shoots majority mm-hmm. of the shots. But I don't think, just because you shoot majority of the shots, I don't think you're number one guy. He hasn't led his team he's not a, a feel a full-on full field general right. just yet he's not a full-on press on defense just yet he can't he's not prolific in the one-two game it's a lot of things in his game that's missing because last year he wasn't a guy he he was like a supporting right. cast so it's just he hasn't shown me enough to be saying okay is he fun to watch maybe acrobatic short guy stubby you know all the characteristics you don't see that who is that's really decent in the nba but i i being fun to watch is different from actually winning championships and bringing some light back to the Knicks who have an illustrious um, yeah. organization over the years back in the day. So, yeah, man, I just, it's going to be an interesting series. It now. is. You it's a show me series. It's a, it's a show me series. A lot of, a lot of players yeah. have, have things to yeah. prove. And especially, we got to see more from Bam, from Bam Adebayo, you know, and, and, and that, that, yes. that's another player I, I feel as though he's, he cannot. He can actually be the one who relieves pressure off of Butler if Bam locks back in. Tell if Bam locks back yes. into his zone, he actually yes. can be the one who can relieve pr- a pressure from um, um, from from Jimmy Butler and really take off that mm-hmm. um, that extra load that he's carrying. Uh, and now getting to to the Grizzlies, a uh, game five home win against the Lakers, and, and thoughts on if um, LA can close it back home. Uh, Memphis won one one sixteen to ninety nine, staving off elimination. Uh, Desmond Bain had thirty three points and ten rebounds. John Moran added. 31, uh, also 31 points. Um, and, and this has been an interesting series because, you know, the Lakers, they, they, they had, had two impressive uh, back-to-back home wins. Uh, Memphis really needed, obviously, a, a, a must-win t- situation for them back at home. Like, how do you feel about this series? Um, what we're seeing, LeBron has obviously been phenomenal. That game four performance in overtime uh, was, was, a, was a very impressive performance. But what are your thoughts on this series heading back to LA in game six and and what the Lakers need to do to, to close us out to advance. I mean, I think LeBron said it himself. He played terrible because we still haven't seen the guys we talked about last week. Anthony Davis being one. He had a he had a he had a good game. I'm not saying he didn't have a good game, but I think when LeBron James doesn't play well for this team, they're not going to do well. They're not going to win because AD is, is I think is limited in his abilities right now. And then we, we have this phenomenon with Austin Reeves. He's not full on. He reminds me of Jalen Brunson, like that, that game. He's still a supporting cast guy. He's not a guy who can just take over games. I, their bench is amazing. The uh, bench is amazing, but D'Angelo Russell is another one that hasn't pinned another guy we talked about. Who's not contributing. He should not be in the starting lineup. Just call a spade a spade. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't understand. But I feel like LeBron is getting gas. See that? That was the buzzer beater. I don't know if you heard that or not. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect time. I meant to do that. Uh, but I think he got gas, and I, or if he got gas in. He was giving the guys the opportunity to, hey, bro, I yeah. need you. Like I'm, I gave y'all everything these first three, three, four games. Man, I I gotta take a break. But I foresee LeBron James taking this over and then winning four yeah. two, in and in LA. Take a breather. Get ready for the second round. Yeah, or, or Sacramento. Get ready because they're gonna need. It'll be going insane. I Come know. On. They're gonna need everything for the case for... study warriors <laughs> that's what i'm calling now the case study i got it i got it the case study, <laughs> the case study warriors that's amazing that's dope oh man the case study warriors oh my gosh well let's say we all y'all oh and now interesting to, to the Durante davidson ryan uh, ryan garcia uh fight uh tank had a seventh mm. seventh round win and um, Stop Garcia with the body punch and with that single left hand, he cemented himself as obviously one of boxing's uh, pound for pound best fighters, if not one of the sport's singular uh, biggest yes. stars in the 136 pound uh, uh, catchweight fight. Um, and, and we talked about this a lot in terms of the buildup of it, how, how we how we were favoring Tank, and you know he was able to deliver. Started off a little slow, had that second round uh, knockdown uh, um, uh, uh, for Garcia. What did you think about this fight? How it how it how it played out, and just also maybe like you know what's next for for Tank down the line? That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Just just giving Tank's so IQ of is so high. How he sets up his his punches, and he's willing to get into the fire to set that set those punches up. If you really like, I saw a video slow it down. He's he went in the crossfire like twice to set up that left hook because. Westcom's right on right arm kept dropping every time he throw his mega left hook, and it was just perfect timing. That's that's back, bo- boxing IQ. That's a high IQ guy who understands his opponent, what he has to do. You have to get in the fire to test that Westcom. And then I think Ryan was so sought out to be like, "Yo, I'm gonna knock him out with this left hook. I have to knock him out." But he just got outboxed. And I will give Ryan this. He recovered really fast. And then for those, those next four rounds, I won't say five because obviously seven round, he got, got hit with the liver shot, but the next four rounds, he adjusted and he didn't, he didn't do the same thing. Cause a lot of boxers wouldn't have caught what just happened to him. Like I dropped my right arm freak, but he caught that. And, but man, Javante is just a different type of boxer. His IQ, his, his skill set is, is different from Ryan. And then a lot of people talking about, oh, the clauses in the contract. He couldn't do this and that. He looked pale. Come on, bro. Don't yeah, we don't want to hear that. Move. <laughs> Move. I had a leak in my camp. Oh, okay. oh yeah, Move. the mold. <laughs> yeah, the mold. The information, you still have to implement that information. Just because you got information, you still have to do something yeah. about it. And I think that was a weak spot because all your videos show you when you throw your left hook, your right arm is always down. And it did it again. He just hits you with a left hook on the body. Bro, there's this simple mathematics when it comes to boxing, especially when it comes to Javante. But I knew that exactly wasn't going to happen. I didn't know what round. I knew it was probably like seven, eight. But man, Javante is just a different beat. And the only boxing match that makes sense is Haney. It's Devin. I think so. That's the only boxing match Other that makes have sense. Other people Stevenson as well. Um, but I still think, I don't think he's ready for Tank. 
I think for the sport of boxing, I think Haney yeah, makes Haney, sense. Yeah. Because obviously they got they have history. They sparred before. There's always stories circulating because boxing is and it I, will be and I feared moment. this it for will be boxing. Yes, and they need to capitalize it because heavyweights, these heavyweights haven't fought in a while. These because Fury has knocked out or beat everybody, <laughs> so there's no big time yeah. fights. So, but they have to be aware not to run out of their big fights because there's no other boxer that's doing what Tank is doing yeah. right now, besides Haney. So I think that will make sense. He's got to fight in May against Lamachenko, so that's going to be a, a very, very important fight. Yeah. So I think that's the only thing that makes sense, bro. Just given the history, just that box office, not box office, but pay-per-view is going to go crazy. Marketing is going to go crazy because, oh, this is a this is real fight. We got referees. This is not no sparring. You got no hair girl on. This is the real deal. Who is better? And I think that'll be the best best match going forward for the sports of sport yeah, a box. Absolutely. That that would be a really, a really good fight. That would be a really crazy good fight. fight. Yeah. And I think they match up well. I don't, I don't know what happened. They say this and that. He touched him and he almost knocked him out when he had hair gear, headgear on. I don't know. But I think they match up well because I think Devin's IQ is really high. And I think he has that knockout power and that ability to adapt to the, uh, his opponent. So I think they, they match up yes. real well. Ooh, that'll be a good one. Um, and, and I'm interested to the NFL with, with obviously the major news of the week, Aaron Rodgers um, head, heading to the, to the Jets and also initial thoughts on this move. Uh, Green Bay agreed on money to deal Rodgers in their 2023 first-round pick and a 2023 fifth-round pick to the Jets for New York's 2023 first-round pick, a 2023 sixth-round pick, and a conditional 2024 second-round pick. And this is obviously, you know, one of the biggest trades in the Jets' history, and for years they've been kind of frustrated by inferior quarterback play. Um, what are your thoughts on this move? Because, you know, this is one that we, for months, we've been hearing about Rodgers to the Jets. That was something that was just eventually down the pipeline. And this is a team that has a really, you know, had had a a, a, a top-seeded, one of, one of the top-seeded defenses uh, last year. And now you're adding a Hall of Fame level quarterback in Rodgers, who obviously has declined in some aspects, but it's still, yes. you know, you're, you're always going to accept a quarterback like that into your team. Uh, what are your your initial takeaways just on this trade and just you know what it means uh, for for the Jets and 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 the, and the the Packers' future? You know, I think Aaron Rodgers still has something left in the juices, left in that body. I uh, just looking at his numbers last year: twelve interceptions, 60 percent uh, percent uh, percentage of the completion. I think his uh, passer rating was ninety one. I think that's one of the lowest he's ever had. But I think they, because he, I mean, the longest yard uh, pass he had last year was 58, so it still has some juice in arm. He still can get it down. They have, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson, a, a big time wide receiver who can yeah. go get it. He's take the top off. So I think he still have the ability to, uh, you know, throw those throw those passes. And they're going to get a leader. They haven't had a true leader in a long time. You all these guys, they, you know, Wilson. They had. Um, Flacco at one point they had uh Sam Darnold these these younger guys and obviously Joe Flacco is an older veteran guy but he's not Aaron Rodgers and they'll give that veteran presence who has Super Bowl uh experience who has that playoff experience only missed the playoffs a couple times last year was the first time in a long time Packers have missed the playoffs but I think they still they'll they're get a guy that still has some some love for the game I think it's going to be like that <laughs> that Brett Favre-ness yeah. that we, he retired, then he came back and he went on incredible runs with the Jets and the Vikings. 
literally went to the team that's that what I'm saying. Like, are you trying to copy <laughs> that's just yeah. quick to me I think that situation made more sense um, for yeah. him because he, obviously the Jets owner loves quarterbacks from <laughs> for the Packers it's only got two it was two for the past what 30 <laughs> years 20 years so I think they, they have some great weapons, and I think they'll get some more weapons for Aaron Rodgers in a draft, and they'll, they'll capitalize on the defense. I think they're good hands. I think they were, um, shoot, they were last in, the, last in the AFC East, and I think their record was measly. But I think what changes, they were 25th in offense, averaging 99 yards rushing, and they were 14 in passing. That changes. They'll go to top 10 in all those aspects because Aaron Rodgers is going to bring a different different defensive yeah. scheme that any of those quarterbacks can bring and help the offense. So they'll go top 10. I, I foresee that. And going with the Green Bay Packers, I, I feel like I'm long-winded, Wellington. Tell me to shut <laughs> up if you need to. <laughs> I think we're in good hands. I think hey, Jordan Love has the ability. It's time to move on. You, you felt as though it was time to move yes, on. Yes, it's and, time. And they, they decided that. Yeah, it's time. I think there's not a new sheriff. It's a new deputy in town, <laughs> right? Because he still has some he has some learning to do. But I think he's he's getting acclimated. I think that the game has slowed down a little bit, being able to step in when Aaron Rodgers, you know, were hurt. But I think he has the ability to lead this team. And I think everybody is starting to wrap around him. And I think we'll get another tight end in the draft. We'll get another wide receiver, big time wide receiver coming out the draft to help him with that. And then the running game will still be there with Aaron Jones and, uh, whoa, Aaron <laughs> Dillon, A.J. Dillon. Oh, my gosh, A.J. Dillon. I forgot the, my name of the team. But I think – and then our defense will, will have to help because we our defense last year was terrible. We need another safety. I think we need another defense to tackle. I think the, the, the middle is, is good. We got some great guys last year. But I think both teams are going to – there were seven and ten last year, the Jets. But I think we were eight and nine. I think we'll be fine. I think Jordan Love will need time just to get acclimated. And I think the fans understand that. So we'll he has two years to get his yeah. stuff ready. Cause that's what time that's how many years we gave Aaron. Same time. We gave Aaron two years and then same timeline. It's the same thing because Brett Favre, when he got in, he <laughs> he gave him two everybody gave him two years and he started winning, won a, a Super Bowl, and you know, and started going off. And I, and Aaron Rodgers did the same thing. So I think. Jordan Love has the same capacity to be able to do just what his you know predecessors yeah, have done. Definitely. Um and, and 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 before we move on to the NFL draft, there were there were a couple other playoff matchups. The Suns, they get past the Clippers, uh Boston, they they they, they, they blew a, a lead uh, to Atlanta. Now that series is 3-2 and obviously the Nuggets uh they they they're, they're going to be matched up with Phoenix. Are there any other uh, matchups in the second round you're intrigued by or any current developments obviously with, with what happened with the Clippers and Suns and Kawhi's injury uh, that, that stands out to you? No, I, I'm looking forward to that Phoenix and Nuggets. It's going to yeah. be interesting. And I think Phoenix has the upper hand just given they have like a forehead monster there. But I think Nuggets play great basketball, so fundamental coherent. basketball, so and then coherent. Jokic. Yeah which make up for the lack of talent that yes. they don't have. And I think talent-wise, we know Phoenix has the most talent, but for a cohesive basketball team, we used to say it was to Phoenix Suns, but now you got these forehead monsters. I think the Nuggets have that uh, advantage when it comes to uh, them going head-to-head. But, man, it's going to be interesting. Talent versus teamwork. That's Who wins? That is going to be a good series, man. That's going to be a good series. Extremely. Yeah. That's going to at least game yes. six, seven, bro. It, 
unless Phoenix can go crazy. That's true. That's true. Because we're seeing Booker <clears throat> just emerge and yes. and really ex- ex- and, and really explode for it. It could be a Booker Murray one on one back and forth. <laughs> it could it be. We be, never know. But Katie's Katie going to say. Katie was like, "It's not just going to be you two. <laughs> yes. No. Because I think Booker is getting off because yeah, of Katie. He's giving them, giving them him those chances. Because we've seen him like be. Because last year we've seen that. And I'm like, yo, why is Devin not going crazy right, right now, bro? He, you got to be the guy. We talked about it. you got to be the guy. But sometimes, yes, you need the the real guy to come on the team so you can be yeah the extra guy. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. And naturally, listening to the NFL draft, and obviously the the, the number one pick, uh, Bryce Young, heading to Carolina, Carolina. That was one one that everybody was expecting. Um, and, and, and yeah. but also looking at other, you know, instant game changer ch- changers that could possibly be there. I think Will Anderson Jr. is a player that really stands out to me because, you know, he produced an, a really good three year career, as we've seen from a defensive lineman, just very explosive, explosive at his position. Uh, to you, in, in terms of because I already know there's updates about cer- a certain players that uh, players that have been selected. But to you, like, what are the players that that you, you're looking from from this draft that you think could could stand out and be those instant game change changers and also how do you view bryce young being, being the number one quarterback you know the the, the size and, and the, like the height uh variant has been mentioned a lot in terms of just like that being a hurdle and how he can get over that in, in, in his uh, first year yo that's crazy man texas is going crazy and okay. I'm, I'm gonna no, answer no, yeah. all Give those in one they just <laughs> they got cj stroud mm. then they traded up to get anderson wow Yes, they're going crazy right now. They Anthony Richardson went to the Colts. Anthony Richardson got uh, drafted by the Colts, which I still think uh, the amount of potential, yes, but him to take them that early, I just didn't believe with it. Witherspoon went to the Seahawks. There's, man, Bryce Young, I think, out of all the quarterbacks, shows that he's a leader and that he can face adversity. He's one of those guys who can just improvise. Oh, yeah. And sometimes that's bad, but in this case, he's, he's an imp- his improvisation. Impro- improvisation. <laughs> improvisation. Improvisation is insane when it comes to him because he checks boxes. And then you think because just because he's a dual threat, he has an improvisation. No, that just, that doesn't, you can't teach that. That's just something he has. It's like backyard bull crap or just playing uh, in the sandlot, you know? But I think he checks so many boxes. I think he's the full overall just i know he's short 5'10 5, 5'11 5, but i think we've seen quarterbacks that you know came before him like russell wilson show that his height is not going to be a, a a negative factor for what he can do on the football field we see what he did at alabama and him going to uh going to that to what i think their offensive line is going to treat him like gold i think that he's in good hands so bryce Young is definitely uh, the overall best quarterback in this draft and just looking at the guy, I think who can uh, make an impact. Uh, Mr. Uh, oh, geez. What's his name? But John, B. John, B. Han. Oh, which I- get behind me. <laughs> Say get behind. <laughs> you can't, hey man, you, you had a good one. So I had to come oh, back yeah. over there, but <laughs> But him, I think he could be a difference maker because he's he he's overall like he checks those boxes. Passing, he's great out the out the back foot with the passing, pass blocking, 
running between the tackles, doing stretch plays, can go any in any type of offense. I think he could be that guy. He's go, I think he's going to go in the first round, but I think he's got be the guy who would come in and start on any football team. And he has that ability. We see what the different styles he we we shown with with Texas. The only up downside I do see from him, and I did say this was a plus, but obviously you could be a good pass blocker and still have some some things that you need to tweak. His alertness when it comes to picking up right. blocks, p- picking up blitzes, picking up big guys. I think that's something that he needs to work on. But that comes comes with the territory because the speed of the NFL is totally so different from college. So he's going to have to get acclimated really fast. But I think he can. Um, another guy. I think it's going to be really, 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 really good is Devin Witherspoon. Mm. Obviously, Witherspoon is a home native, but his style of play is in a, is, is so not in this game because he's a short stature, 5'10", 5'11", guy, super strong, about 200 pounds, benches out of the world, but he's super fast, instinctive, very aggressive. We don't see that type of uh, play in a 5'10", 5'11", guy. You see Jalen Ramsey, he's in the sixes. He's more aggressive because he has that length. Devon doesn't really have that length, but he makes it up with his plea closing in, his, his, his IQ. I think Devin ha- is that guy who can start right away. You could put him in the nickel. You could put him at corner. You could put him at safety. I think he could play any type of defense, 3-4, three, 4-3. Four, four, three. So it doesn't matter. He's that, so yeah, he has, he's that, has that versatility coming on the outside. So, man. Devin is going to make an immediate impact for any oh, yeah. team he goes to. First round guy Definitely, too. Man. It, it, uh, re- really, re- really packed draft in terms of some of the instant uh, game changers. Uh, now, interesting to our first album review with music, soul child, hit boys, victims, and villains. Um, and this album had only uh, ten tracks. It, it's a, it's a it's a very fun breezy listen and doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, music sounds rejuvenated and it and contemplates the, the highs and lows of life. And uh, earlier back in March, man, this was one of those. <laughs> This was one of those albums I constantly went back to because it's it's honestly one of my favorites of the year. It, it really is, and, and and I think the production and and just the song structure is is so good. You want you want to keep listening, and I feel as though this is this is a really just smooth listen. Uh, but to you, what are your initial thoughts on it, and just uh, the the collab uh, uh, between Music Soul, Soul Child and Hit Boy? He's back, man. <clears throat> and we talked about Hit Boy being oh, yeah. in like top five, top ten of producers. And just, I mean, that man, Music Soul Child is is just effortless. His voice, he's unique. This the 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 beats, his is a willing his willingness to adapt to this style of R and B, but still give us the DNA of the the older nineties R and B and two thousands a little bit R and B. So, man, what album? First and foremost, but, uh, oh. banger, and it was, bro, bro. Concise. <laughs> we agree. We yes. like it. Nah, yeah, it was really dope. White Rice Deja Vu. Oh, my goodness, man. Bro, these names really That's the names, me, the like, titles, like, bro. <laughs> Your Love is Life. What is that, bro? What a title the, for a song. Your Love the, is, is Life. Is it Love? Is it Lies? <sighs> Bro, bro, it's it's a it's a lot of bro. It's a lot of creativity that went into this and thought that went into this album. The Benjin song, because we were just Benjin. We weren't we weren't really loving. We were just, that's so that's so cold. That's so cold. You gotta actually have gone through certain relations. Man, what? Yo, that's insane, Yo. bro. But I think. To be able to push through and not be seen as an old head, you had to come correct, and man. he did so. He did so because, man, yeah, 
this definitely got yes. saved first and foremost. Was li- I didn't skip a song. No skips. This is another one. No skips. No skips. And if you skip a 10 song album, something wrong with you. You're just psychotic. It's like <laughs> You're just impatient. Like, I, I just listen, get, get what are you doing? <laughs> that is hilarious. Skipping a 10 song. That's insane, bro. I see like a 22, 18, 17, but 10 songs, bro. You just, you confrontational. That's what you are. You just confrontational. And and the the crazy thing that you you mentioned, Music Soul Child adapting to this generation's sound Mm -hmm. as well. Like, what do you think that says about him? Because certain artists, they won't, you know, they're hesitant to do that. Not that they won't. It won't just be an instant thing for him, but it really seemed like he was just like instantly really wanted to adapt and really take his time to listen to, okay, I'm gonna bring my core sound, but I'm also gonna to adapt to what's mm-hmm. the current, the you know, the current sound wave. And I think, and I just correlate these guys together. Lil Wayne said the same thing. He was like, "Man, I, I embrace the new sound of rap and adapt to it because that's what you have to do. That's the way of times. Times are changing, and for music soul child, and he is ears into the ground. He's still on social media." I think somebody tagged him into, I think it was a girl uh, athlete from FAMU singing one of his songs. He was like, man, step approval. You sound really well. So his, and we look at Plaz. Plaz has stayed around because of social media. So I think music soul child being on social media and being aware of different patterns that comes to music, it helps out when it, when you want to put out music yourself. And then that gives you the credibility with the new sound age of listeners to be like, Oh, music soul child. Oh, this is what y'all was talking about. But you're expecting old school, but he gave you something you've been listening to for the past couple mm-hmm. of months. So for him to be able to do that, it's just being strategic and understanding and being aware of where music is going because R&B is not true R&B oh, right now. There's some artists that are trying to stick to it, but it's not true R&B. So you got to adapt to what's going on Definitely. and what's hot. And he and did. That's the way, the lay of the <laughs> he <land>. did. <laughs> he definitely Absolutely. did. Absolutely. Um, and after listening to, to Swizz Beats, a uh, hip hop fifty volume two, uh, in this new EP, Swizz Beats uh, takes a meticulous approach to the creation of the album. The EP is being promoted as a grand love letter to New York's hip hop culture. Um, esteemed veterans and current stars are alike uh, contributed to this, and Swizz's uh, uh, signature uh, a frenzy production stands out the most. Um, but well, what were your thoughts on this EP and, and some of you know the collaborators uh, he brought on it? What's Swizz's other name that he goes by? Oh man, is uh his his call sign or his his drop? Just, oh, just Blaze? Yeah. Is that him so. too? I think so. I, th- I think that, that that's his that's his. Call. How do you go by two? Wait, how do you two? go by two, <laughs> Wait, how how you... by two people? Because I was like, Swiss Beast is just what's called. And he just say Just Blaze all the time. It just Blaze is oh. Okay, um, <laughs> but yo, this, yeah, but this was fire, obviously. You got Lil Wayne, Nas starting it off. You got a the, perfect way to start. One of the greatest rappers of all time. We love, we love Nas on this podcast. Too. We love Nas with me. He just, he keeps keeps doing it. Bro, he's the lead, he's the lead guy? Come on, bro. That's you a different flex. Doing. That's a different level of flex. <laughs> That's a different, and then you got Jada Kiss, you got Benny, bro, you got Wayne. And you, 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 even I, if I know you're critical like, many times, but you gotta admit, Benny fit up, Benny fit on the chat. <laughs> oh, so well, so so well. I was like an excited stepfather. I'm telling you, man. Excited stepfather is what. Well. <laughs> and then you got a boogie 
Bro, A Boogie, man. A Boogie so slept on, man. And his music is so slept on. So he had a lot of contrasting uh, sounds and personalities on his album that really worked. I don't even call this an album. Oh, it wasn't an album. It's an EP. Tripping. I was about to say, right, I was I like, see. this is not an album. Swiss, Swiss is going to name it right. Swiss so, is going to name it right. <laughs> Swiss, yeah, bro. This is fire, bro. I liked it. This is fire. And, and again, if you skip an EP, you're psychotic. <laughs> Why is my mom calling me? Come on, ma. I'm not answering that. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> you declined because you recording a podcast. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you back on break, girl. You don't want that anyway. Talk my ear off. <laughs> but but in, in terms of, it, and I know there were so many just impressive collaborators. To, to me, like the Nas track, that, that's my, my, my favorite one overall. Is there mm-hmm. is there one particular uh, a collaborator that you said had the most impressive performance overall to you? Wayne, man. Slowly but surely, Wayne is creeping up in my top five. I think he's one of the greatest rappers of all time, but he's not in my top five, but he's creeping. Yeah. He's, hey, whatever I know. I'm not doing that Knocking on the door. <laughs> hey, man. Now, his, 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 that whole yes. song was fire, bro. Wayne, Wayne and Swiss beats bro. together. Wayne That's just a combination just... that does not miss. My goodness, bro. And he's still doing it after like 30, 40 years. He's been doing it since he was like 12, bro. Wayne has Talk, never we, stopped. We he is, his output is just never. like, we got to... And, and there's so many people we, we mentioned. You got you to put them up in that like goaded category of just people who just never stop putting out music. Like there, there are like mixtapes that... He, he he used to put out mixtapes like almost like every every other week, every other month. Like he just had a a crazy no. a yes. crazy run that everybody just had to, had to respect. Man, it's it's to be doing it at this. Like we talked about ten years a decade with Kendrick and Drake and Jake, bro. This it is me <laughs> it's doing been it. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I don't even know how old he is, to be honest with you. I don't even know how old Wayne is. Wayne's but he's 40. been doing it for like 20 yeah. plus years, bro. And has not declined. You know what's so goaded about him? The fact that he's on this run and also passed the baton to also another guy we could say is the great. Like, that's wild. You're on your run and you you gave, oh, this this Drake guy? Oh, yeah, I'm going to give him the baton as <laughs> Bro, and that's what's crazy about that, too. He gave, and her voice gets Nikki. on my nerves well. now, but I used to be a heavy yeah. Nikki. She is the greatest female rapper oh, sure. of all the time. What she's done in the game is Unmatched. no one has came close. Unmatched. She's annoying, and her voice is annoying. She got to give her give respect. It. But what she's done, she's better than some of these male rappers, <laughs> and her numbers show it. Yeah. So to be able to pass that baton to two he tried with a bunch of them. But he struck gold <laughs> with these two. <laughs> Rawr, tiger. <laughs> but these two, he we got it right. We should have known Tiger was going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, brother. Yeah, man. Wayne, oh Wayne gosh, up man. there. Def- definitely up there. Has a yes. in the sort run. Um, and now to transition to our next review with Madison McBaron's uh, U Plus I. Uh, in this EP, it turns up a musical background to her unique vocal abilities and heightened social consciousness. Um, as the daughter of jazz uh, legend Bobby McBaron, she has been taking a, a measured and steady approach to success and also 
um, said about this EP, quote, as an artist, I believe it's our responsibility to hold up a mirror to society, end quote. Uh, what were your thoughts on this EP and, and just um, the nature of it? Because, you know, this is this is one where obviously like like the social consciousness is something that she's going to bring. But she also has this very, like I said, like a steady approach. And and, and I thought had solid vocal, vocal, vocal abilities. Yo, groovy. Yes. Tell you that right now. So groovy. So such a vibe. Such a. a it's it's such a vibe to where it's like you know how you say oh somebody's in a cloud she's on the ground ten ten toes down and it's such a vibe it's so so planted so so grounded is the word I'm I'm really looking for and I really enjoyed this EP especially um uh, try it was such a like airy like it had that up tempo it just made you want to move your shoulders and just made you just want to listen to it not even move just let just let it go. But I thought this was this was phenomenal. It made me go listen to her other music yeah. that she she's coming up with an yeah. album, and then it's like four songs um, on it. And I listened to two of them. I'm gonna go back and I want to listen to the the entire the the whole entire uh, project. And I don't I don't want to skip anything. But I think it's gonna be a yeah. good one. But yeah, put me one one more. I haven't given you this in a while, but <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> With the with the finders fee, I rock with it. <laughs> yeah, bro, I rock with this. Yeah. She's nice. She's and, and I mean, like we e EPs are, are, are something like you said. This this is something I feel as though, uh, obviously, like she's building on. She, she, she she's she's expanding <laughs> on it. Um, do you think like mm -hmm. do you think she kind of has it mapped out? Can you kind of tell like she? Does it really feel as though she has it mapped out? how she wants to lay out her musical process. She seems a, a person that's very confident in her identity. Because some APs were like, is the artist sure of themselves? She kind of seems to be as one of those artists that's like really yeah. sure of themselves. And I think jazz helps with that and being around yeah. jazz. That lineage. Because it helps with your, yeah, that lineage and help you with that creativity because listening to those, like I know growing up, it probably was annoying sometimes, but to be able to just listen to her dad, just play those instruments and be in that realm because Jazz gives you so much inspiration, so much creativity, so many angles to 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 use it and then be able to do music and for her to have that in the household. I know it played a pivotal role with her being so confident and understanding notes, understanding what goes where. Because you have to, as a as a jazz musician, you have to know what goes with what and not be afraid of trying new things. And I think that's what jazz is all about. Even blues is the same way. Being able to try new things, instruments, playing, just 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 vibing. I think that's is a pivotal part of why, like you said, how she's so confident and sure of herself because of jazz. It has to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and now getting to, to our next throwback uh, throwback review with, with Commons B. Uh, in this album from 2005, Commons positive and passionate lyrics plus attitude mixed with, with the, the amazing soul production by Kanye West and Jay Dilla gave this album just so much flair and each song has its own unique style of production and makes each track stand out. Um, but looking back at this album, you know, years later, how do you view it and the significance of what was put together? Cause I think common is a really underrated rapper. One of, one of the legendary rappers yes. we have, and he's just one that's really stood the test of time and I believe can flow on any beat. Oh, and freestyle yes. on any beat, man. I've watched so many countless videos of him freestyling him. Like, making somebody's day in i think it was new orleans and a guy the kid was just well the guy was just freestyling calm was just bobbing his head and as soon as he gave him the microphone over it 
So calm is man. It sounds too easy man, for him. <laughs> effortless. It does, and it's the voice, it's the the, the consciousness, the aware, is being aware of how to change up, how to switch up the cadence, and in the, the confidence as well. But this this album was so nostalgic, especially the the track with John Legend and Kanye, yeah. bro. It was just they say, yeah, they say. Man, that takes you oh back. That takes you gosh. back. That was a time. That was a time. Yes. <laughs> and that's when he used to wear all the kangos. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> bro, Samuel L. Jack, light skin Samuel L. Jackson out here rabbit. Man. Bro, and then I knew Kanye just had a book bag on in my and then John Legend just John Legend, bro. He's dressed the same since he's been <laughs> in the game. Ain't no style has changed. And all the guys being from Chicago is a, just another just like the nostalgic mm-hmm. factor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. John Legend yeah, is from, he's Chicago. from Chicago. Chicago as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. And, and like this is this is obviously like the definitive album. Cause also the, the album Finding Love from Common, I think is a really another pre- impressive one. Outside of this one, like would you say this is your overall favorite one, or is there another project from Common that you kind of go back to a little more? Ooh. Uh no, nah, this is definitely um like water for chocolate, like is another one, um because it's just what he talks about, and then the 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 cover art, bro, like it has the colored only yeah. washcom on it, but he has some bangers on here too. Jill Scott, Most Def, like I'm such a fan of Most oh, Def, and he can freestyle his butt off too. It's just and then Jill Scott, oh my, I love Jill Scott, living in life like this, Jill Scott. <laughs> Yeah, Jill Scott is different, but the amount of Slum Village, he has Slum Village on here, D'Angelo, Most, most deaf or common. C-Lo, most deaf or he... common between the two. Don't do that to <laughs> I'm me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't do that to me, bro. Because <laughs> they, they match, match up, up so, so well. well. It's an interesting comparison. And both of them mm-hmm. act. Ah, shoot, bro. Yeah. Most deaf. Most deaf. Because he did it in a group. Yes, yeah, the duality. The duality of that is just you gotta give him the edge. Yeah, I yeah. gotta give it the most. I gotta give it the most. It's, it, it's tough. Yeah, one, it's bro. really tough. But I've I've always felt as though two guys that mirror each other, I've always felt as it's it's been them. They really are similar in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, most stuff. I gotta give it the yeah, most stuff. Definitely. He's just different. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with our view of Snowfall season six. Welcome back to the show. Now we're getting into our view of Snowfall Season 6. And to start with with the initial thoughts on the season um, and, and to start the overview, in this final season, it follows Franklin Saint taking on everyone, including his own family, Uncle Jerome and yes. Uncle, who is a former friend in the CI, uh, Teddy McDonald, in order to get the money back that he lost. Um, and this was just like, there were so many different developments and, and you know, confrontations that happened throughout the season. Um, but what were your kind of initial thoughts on a closing season, you know, that had you know, so much tension and also a real emotional core because we see not, you know, we saw the rise in the first two seasons, but then we see the, the downfall of, of Franklin Saints reign. Way to end the series, bro. Way to end a series so full packed with so many, this was so greatly written yeah. and to be able to, to, I guess, give a tribute to, uh, the guy who created John it, his Singleton. name is John Singleton, yeah. yes, who has done so many great films and 
we got so many nostalgic films from him. But one, it, it is so hard for a like a series to be better than what it was without the original writer and original writing team. So yeah. them to be able to finish a season like this, I started watching uh, Snowfall late. And I was like, actually, I started with season six, which is crazy. Then I went back to season <laughs> one, two, and I've been I've been binging all this stuff. So I yeah. wanted to do like, um, uh, I can't forget the other series, but man, just a full circle of things in right. this series for um, for him, for Franklin. And just so much betrayal, so much being just like the people that got you into the business, family. And they say you can never do business with family or friends or so. And that's really that's the real. case here. So, <laughs> so, so many, <laughs> and so many full circles and becoming who you despise, one of the people you despise the most, which is your father. Yeah. Him becoming his father. That full circle moment is crazy. It that is full, insane. Like, when it like they them touching on that was so powerful because it's almost like we see a lot of these characters um wrestle with their past like how influential do you think that was of them addressing the topic of like okay he eventually becomes what his father was what he hated is what he goes into his inner demons is what he eventually gives up you can't run away from it too long because you're going to be like your parents whether you like it or not you have a chance to alter some things from who your parents or father or mother, who, who they are, but you're 50% of both of them. Yeah. So they're, you're going to be like them in some, some type of way. So it's hard to run from those things. And then the lifestyle you're in, eventually that's going to happen. If you're going to go to jail, you're going to get killed, or you're going to fall into a state that you cannot escape. But the, the crazy thing, the irony is he's free in that. Yeah. He said, I don't have no chains on it. And I think Leon, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Leon was like thinking he was talking about jewelry, but he was talking about I'm free from all of it. But the way you got free, you're still in bondage. Bro, what? That's crazy. Man, that what? was wild. Awesome writing. Awesome, awesome yeah, writing, bro. Absolutely awesome writing, man. Um, and, and another thing with, with series, cause like so many times we don't see, um, it's tough to close out a series. It's tough to, to know yes. the right way to, to, to just string it all together. Like mm-hmm. for you, what, like, what's the best part or, or what's the toughest part I should say of closing out a series when it has so much, a big fan base that, that, that has been developed over the years. How do you, cause some people aren't going to be satisfied. How do you like find the right way or how do you think? find the right way to really close out a series and and give it the best send-off it's so enticing for <clears throat> like people would want it to expand it because it's so popular and I, I love the way they did it even if, i think you could write for another two seasons okay. easily you could have done something but i love the way they did it because now we don't want to expand these characters and give them dead air and dead weight and that we're so we're just writing. You look at um the office. Yeah. The season eight, nine, seven were dreadful. No, season seven was fine. Season eight, nine, they were dreadful. Man. They were doing any <laughs> everything. There were it was so many people who were the managers. Yeah. They, <laughs> they lost his identity. 
they it lost it be trying to figure out how to if they would have ended when Steve Carroll left. Oh, perfect. It would have been perfect. It would have but we <laughs> we kind of like killed the last two episodes the last two seasons. We don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Cause for me, I love the office. I used to binge it all the time, especially when it was on Netflix. Come on. I used to binge <laughs> it. And when it got to that, I was like, mm, Yeah, I don't want to look at this. <laughs> what are we doing here? You should have ended it. Yeah. But for Snowfall and the writers and the directors to be able to do that in season six, I think that's a win. It's a win. And now it's still going to be everlasting because how it played out and how it was written to end. So I think you always have the hopes of wanting to end on your own terms because yeah. a lot of yeah. seasons got canceled by the, by the, um, by, you know, Fox or whatever, they got canceled by them. But to be able to end, yeah, be able to end it on your own terms and it'd be really, really good. I think season six was better than all the other seasons. That was crazy, bro. Mm-hmm. It really got better each season. Yeah. The progression. And it capital, yeah. Yeah. The progression that, that, of it, man. That is so tough. Like, um, to, to, to get to our first topic, you know, you know, from, from one to four stars, like, what would be your <clears> overall <throat> rating? Obviously, you're, you're, you're super high on this, but, but what would be your overall yeah. rating for th- this season and, and some of your reasons? Four stars. Four stars for sure. <clears throat> the writing is difficult to do this without John Singleton. They show they were capable of doing it without him, but it's still tributing because I think it was still some DNA of how John Singleton wanted it to end, or I'm pretty sure they talked about it in season yeah, three, season four. Like, how how will we end this? How will we do this? Like if we could end it right now, I'm pretty sure that was in the writing room. So I'm pretty sure they, they took ideas that was from John Singleton to end it this way. And I love how it was shot. It was always shot beautiful. Always the actions, especially that man. Yeah. Especially like, um, the, the, the episode when he was, uh, this is, this is not season six, but just when he was, had those different personalities, he was talking to himself. Oh yeah. That, that whole scene was so magical. <laughs> him, him, her. <laughs> yeah. Him, him, her. It was just like how it was shot, how it was like panic. Like this season was shot perfectly, especially when they were walking him and Leon mm. was walking down the street yeah. and him, the close up shot to show that I Man. You know, it's just like little subtle, subtle things you can do as a, a as a director and a in a guy and then editing was was super dope too. Whoever did the the editing for these for these seasons did a really good job. So four stars for the acting, the character development, how they ended it, the full circle, full circle moment, <clears throat> full circle moments. Yeah, four stars for sure, bro. Absolutely. Four stars. Yeah, I would definitely go for it for as well. Like the progression of every season. Like you said, it's something that you, you, it's so rare to find in, in, in shows that sometimes the overall product declines and it doesn't get better, but they find it a way to just have everybody have that essential development, essential character development, and string it together and the ending in a way that is just so emotionally um, relevant and really is, is a real life scenario and something that, that, that we all have to deal with facing inner demons and, and trying to whether, wrestle with whether we want to be like our parents when like you said, at the end of the day, you're eventually going to be like them, Maybe not completely identical, but in some way you're going to be like them. And I thought that was really powerful. Um, getting the, getting to best character development overall in this season, uh, Leon was really fascinating to me because, you know, he went from being just a, a hothead in season one to just questioning the way Franklin handled a lot of situations at the end of season five. And I think just seeing that change in him was something like he really, he found found out what he wanted and he just didn't want to live that life anymore. Uh, by your look, you look a little upset. 
what will be your pick? <laughs> Leon. I think out of all the characters, <clears throat> even Unk, even <clears throat> excuse me, Franklin, like Leon's character development, he was at first he was thinking like a soldier. And then he was thinking like a boss, like a like a guy who wants and should be in charge and thinking with his own mind. Like and then still staying true to being a friend. So it's his character villain was crazy, man, because yeah, man, his character was very crazy. And then, I mean, obviously it was second was Franklin, those full circle moments and his character being okay with being in the state that he's in, because it's yeah. better to be in that state than being in that realm where families, like you have to fight for your life every single day. <clears throat> your, your, even your mom is turning on you and doing stuff and it just yeah i thought that was just really crazy but leon's character development from season one to season six by far the best by far the best and how it ended he stayed true and for franklin to say you're my best friend my best friend and i'm proud of you full circle moment because i'm sure that leon felt like he was like man i want to do my own thing but I, I do want to protect you and look out for you, but I got to do my own thing. There's yeah. no, like, there's no bad blood against us. So now it's a full circle moment. Like, bro, you still my best friend. I'm proud of you. So I thought it was really dope. His, his character film was crazy. Definitely. Um, and, and, and another dynamic that was interesting was Franklin and, 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 um, and his mom, because like that was, they had went through so much from the jump yeah. and then how things just ended. Um, in a, in a really heartbreaking fashion. Like, what did you think about that? Cause I feel as though it's, it's one of those things where, um, she saw what every, what was happening to him, like what this was doing to him, like the changes in him and how he was just headed down a destructive path. Like, what did you think about that dynamic and how it was really one of the most influential, um, just dynamics, um, overall between a mother and her son and just like, that trust that was at the beginning and how it just dissolved in, into to eventual hate. I think from the mother's standpoint and Sissy's standpoint, if you try to look out for the best interests of your child, but in this instance, move out the way, let my man do what he got to do. But I do think she tried to do the right thing and she didn't want him in that life. And she knew what road he was going down and who he was going to end up like. Because your uncle's already dead. Your, your auntie, whatever. Like, you're going down this road. So I understood where she was coming from, but at the end of the day, hey, Franklin tried to get out the game with this money and you just messed it up. But that, that yeah, jail that scene, scene... Oh my goodness. Just let him get oh the Oh <laughs> my gosh. Oh my God. And you had to kill the guy. Like, and then it was, I think it was some real estate stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Like I, I ran through the seasons. I mean, the episodes really fast, but I think it was like a real estate deal that him and Leon and Sissy was trying to do is something fell through because Leon wouldn't give him the money and then he tried to kill Leon. I don't know. He was trying to get it by force with Leon. It was a bunch of stuff, but man, Sissy and then she went out. She'll never get out of jail. She'll be in there for the rest of her life. That was one man. of the, 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 her killing Teddy, man. That was the one everybody was just oh. like, can you just let him say the <laughs> Why? <laughs> now you want to be a mama. Now, now you want to. <laughs> Man. Two. Oh. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. 
Um, and now getting into most memorable scenes, I had uh, Franklin uh, trying to kill Big D, also Sissy laying down the law with Franklin, uh, Franklin Burns, uh, 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 Ted, uh, Todd's face, also Franklin killing uh, Teddy's father, Kane and Franklin mm-hmm. getting shot by Jerome, uh, Franklin, Jerome breaking a family ties, Kane killing Jerome, then finally uh, Franklin uh, leading a poor life forever and his last conversation with Leon. Uh, what were the, the memorable like scenes for you in, in this season overall, or, or maybe just one standout? There are really three. And I think you, you said a couple of them. One, we was talking to Unc on Jerome in the, um, in the, um, the diner or whatever it was, whatever it was. And they were talking. And he slapped them three times. And then he pulled the gun out. I think that was, yeah, that was season six. It was definitely yep. C six. And that moment, I think Uncle Jerome really saw him still as a kid. Because he could have did worse. Just slapping him. He was talking about just whatever. I think he still saw him. I think he I think he still wanted to help him. Cause at the end, Jerome wanted to get out. He wanted, he was done with this. He wanted to get away. Um, but he stayed for Louis, obviously. But I think that scene was really, really dope to be able to like it's still love there, but it still has to be respect there. And then they try oh, yeah. to kill each other afterwards. But anyway. Um, the scene when he was in the jail talking to his mom, and he went crazy. I think that was really a full circle moment. Like you weren't a great mom. And then in spite, I still helped you. Yeah. But when your time, you were supposed to not do anything. You did something trying to be a good mom or whatever. And you messed up and you still won't do it. She was like, you don't want to talk. He was like, you don't want to talk to me. You want to talk to me. I don't know what I did with you. He called her B. I knew it was over. He called her mama B. It was over. (laughs) It was over. That combo was, was over. Over with. <laughs> over with. And then um, the third one is obviously that that scene with him and Leon, Franklin and Leon, when he was, you know, drunk. And it was that split moment when he took a sip of the alcohol or whatever beer he was drinking. And he was just, you could see him look into the distance. In that split second, he was back to regular Franklin. Yes. And then he quickly he snatched them back out. He was like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Kept drinking. It's those, bro, you it's those subtle things. Second. You saw a split second of the old Franklin. You really did. Yes. He was like, bro, what am I doing? Life. And then it just, he got back out of it. It's like, that's character development. Yeah. Without even saying anything, if people really paid attention to that moment, the real Franklin was right there. And I think Leon saw it. But just that moment, just a full circle, him feeling like he's free. But, bro, you're really not free. You're free from that that life there. Mm-hmm. But you had a whole nother journey you about to be on. Yeah. Because now you're a wino. You're drunk. And you got, I don't know. I forgot what happened to his eye, why he got that red blood vessel, bless of blood vessel in his eye. But, yeah, those was the three, I think, out of all the episodes in that season. Those really stood out the most to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now transmitting some memorable quotes. Um, I have my money. Uh, it's all gone. Also, you might have mm-hmm. to find another way to connect all the dots, but I can help you do that. Um, also, um, I'm the only one. I'm the only hope you have to save Franklin. Um, also, um, Franklin is family, but I like to think that that what you're doing is just business. I got your back, but I would not go to war against my own blood. And um, also, we we could have uh, built it all back up. Um, to to you, like, what are your what are your uh, memorable quotes uh, in, in this uh, in this season, and, and just and just the ones that you felt as though you know resonated the most? That one, it was a bunch of good quotes, and 
Like I'm free. I have no chains. Yeah, I'm free. That was a good one, but we could have built it back up. That says it all. There's that says it all. He was still like everything was Gucci until Louis wants to be. Leon was cool. Him, him, Leon leaving. Was that cool. was good. That was cool. But when Louis wanted to do and be whatever, that messed it up. That really messed it up. And then you take the plug. Like it was just that was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot, bro. But that was the you change. Built it back that up. was the change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, even after Westcom died, and oh, another good quote. After he died, um, Uncle Jerome, it was at the 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 funeral, and um they were talking about um, so you uh came back because you love me or something like that. And he was like, Yeah, but I need you. He was like, She like, you really are the devil. He was like, Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I was like, yo! Was... <laughs> but the, he understands the game. Yeah, he gets the I game. need y'all. You're a pawn. I got, I'm trying to get to my money. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it all, he's still getting to money. But yeah, man, what a season, bro. What a season. What a season. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 and also like getting to like, what did you like the most about this storyline? Um, the full circle moments is what keeps standing out to me because like, you know, we see... Franklin getting getting back to to what what he knows um, is right, but also knows he can't go back fully. Leon realizing the situation Franklin is in and that he can't enable him, um, but he still has to be for the, for for him as a friend at the end, which I thought yeah. was you know really powerful because you know he could have never visited him again, but he knew like that was nope. that, that was still his friend that that, yeah. that was still somebody that 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 he had had years. Of trust point, with yeah. and I and, and so in so many moments together, like to you, like what particular element of, of this storyline did you like the most? What an excellent point, bro. Just to add to that, I think it was Leon, not Leon, but Franklin doing the same thing that Teddy has done to him and his own people, the tactics that he's willing to do. Yeah. And that was a full circle moment too. Um, him just becoming something that he was never, he was he was never. He was never just never. Guy. He was never that guy, and he became something because that game and those aspects of the games, you have to change. You have to adapt. You have to become something somebody you weren't supposed to be. But him doing the same thing that Teddy did, which was like really crazy to me. I'm like, bro, like this is the same stuff that Teddy was doing, trying to like muscle everybody, getting everybody's deals, getting mad because he wanted to go to real estate thing with you. It was just like characters aligning with each other with similarities that yeah. at first didn't start that way because that's, that's great character development because he sought out not to be like Teddy, but to use Teddy, but Teddy was using him. They, those Remind two, me, those two, okay. man, those two, like they, <laughs> they were always on a collision course and they just didn't know it. They, they were literally were always on a collision course to, uh, to the eventual end and everything. They always thought they were thinking ahead of each other but they really were thinking the same thing and they, and they just didn't know it. Like that, that was the crazy part about the Franklin and Teddy dynamic because they were just using each other, you know, yes. for, for, for the entire show. Who, okay. When I think who burnt, who was the guy that Franklin burnt, who had him in, in the Westcom, the, the white guy, was that Teddy? He had that, him like, who was that? He was like, I, I, um, I, I gave you, you got everything you got because of me. If I wanted to take everything away, I did like I forgot I, I forgot the name of the guy. It was a white guy. 
in the chair, beat up. And then he was like, now we're getting somewhere. That's what um, Franklin said. I can't remember who the guy was. And I want to say that was somebody from Teddy. Oh, I think it anyway. might have been. I think it, it might have been. Because see, I know he also, because there because there was another scene where he burnt um, a character named uh, Todd. But I, I don't know. I don't know if that was, I don't know. I don't know if that was the same, the same person. I don't know either. Yeah. But man, it was just like, yeah, the storyline was incredible really for was. this. And then his girl that he thought who really loved him, cleaned him out, took the money. Her mom, her mom told her, her mom told her that she, and she, she did it. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Everybody, everybody take for, took from you. And you took from them too. Mm-hmm. Full circle moments. A lot of full circle moments in this, man. Definitely. Was uh before we get to our last topic, was there another character that we haven't mentioned that you feel even also as another character? He's he's another one where I think I think he, you know, he gets back to his family, but at the same time, he had to escape. He had to like live on the run. Um yeah. Louis Louis the same. Like you look at Oso and Louis, like they both had to be, be on the run. Like they kind of had to mm-hmm. like <laughs> live different lives just to to to, to get to, to get away from their eventual end. Like are there any other characters that kind of stand out, out to you in the series? No, not not really. I mean, it's a bunch. Just name it all on. That's like six or seven characters yeah. in this in this series that really like, you know, your attention was mostly on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was the name of Veronica, the girlfriend, or Veronica, whatever her name was. Um, but the one person I thought they should have got what she the, they got the reserve was Louie. Oh, yeah. L- Louie. I think Louie. You asked for that. But that's yeah, but that's excellent writing because he wanted he came back to save his wife, his lady. So it was it was just that was perfect writing. Because if she yeah. would have died and Unk would have stayed alive, I I don't know, maybe well actually, what kind uh, of person would he would have changed into? His what character development. Was, his development yes. would have been really interesting. But he just liked the simple life. He was so simplistic. He hated this life. He said it a yeah, thousand times. Like, bro, he didn't want this life, but he did it for family. He did it for his nephew. He did it for Louis. He did things he wasn't proud of. Blood money. What I'm going to do with this blood money? <laughs> this blood money. <laughs> you got the Uncle Jerome presentation down. <laughs> man. Teach a man how to squabble. <laughs> So there's always one Uncle Jerome in every family. <laughs> yes, bro. Just like the party, have fun. Yeah. Just life for the party, man. That's what he was simple. That's what he wanted to get back to. Yeah. But I think he would have, yeah. I don't know what fate he would have if Louis would have died and he would have stayed alive. But I think that was excellent writing for oh, yeah. them Unc to kill because he wanted to get out and that was his only way to get out was to save. Well, technically not get out, but he died. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <it> was, <laughs> try to get out but it's just <laughs> you got out all right <laughs> um and, and, and to, get, to close it out with our last topic like like how do you think this series because series are always going to age in an interesting way yeah like you know in the pandemic a bunch of people just revisited series that they had never seen before and it's gonna it's gonna continue to happen people revisiting series that, they, that they've heard about how do you think this series will age a decade, a decade from now, and, and how people will, you know, view it? I think people will view this this season and these episodes like 
I think this goes into the vault, not just black cinema, but just overall, like this is how you're supposed to end a, a series. This is how you're supposed to do character development because I know this snowfall that you got BMF, you got all these other, these other uh, seasons and these other series and shows. But I think when it comes to snowfall, we've seen the progression that every character has done, the, the show have done the editing, the, 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 the shooting. Yeah. I think this stacks up against any other show that was very popular, whether it was the nineties, the two thousands. Like, I think this stacks up against all of them because to be able to do it in six seasons, some shows do it in nine, some do it in eight, some get canceled before they even can get an ending. So the, for them to be able to end it the way they want to end it, because like we said, we, they could have easily got to like season, I mean, season eight, season nine, if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. But to keep, to keep the quality of this series and quality of this, 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 this season, and no one in six, that's, that's clout, bro. That is, that's something you brag about. We did it in six. Six seasons and every season got better. Character, and we did it without our fearless leader, John Singleton. Yeah. So, bro. And, and, that, and that's another thing to, to close it out. His, his vision was the main thing for this show. It was, it was the one driving force. Like, how much of like motivation do you think, think it was for, for the, the creators and directors after his passing to really like finish this, this series off on a high note to honor his legacy? And you know what he created, man. I, I knew every probably every day on set was difficult, and every day in the writing room was difficult because John Singleton is an excellent presence. Like I've read interviews and I've I've read like you know articles, and I looked at interviews of him just being John Singleton, like a great guy. Like he was always charismatic. You don't. He was spontaneous. Like I remember Ice Cube saying, like. Uh, when it was uh, performing in Boys in the Hood, there was real gunshots. He didn't tell him. Like, it was real <laughs> gunshots out in the wow. West Coast. He did not tell him nothing. And he was like, bro, he freaked. all those reactions was real. So it's just like, he brings that that true nature to either cinema, to, uh, to showing series. Like, to be able to do that for him, I think it was an excellent tribute to him. And to be able to do it without him, it's no small feat. Because John Singleton, his catalog is crazy. Not just for a black director or writer, but for a director and writer in itself. And I feel like that was a plug. I'm reading a teleprompter. <laughs> so, Savon, this is what you're going to say. <laughs> Bro, did that not we'll feel like that. I was reading up the teleprompter? It kind of did. It kind of did. <laughs> oh my gosh. I lost myself. I didn't know I was out, out of body experience. <laughs> but that's totally true. Totally true. I know I, I did that at the end. We just can't prepare funny, for but... that time, you know, when Full Scope has a bunch of ads and we got to start reading. <laughs> this is preparation bro, so for that. Funny, bro. But yeah, this, <laughs> oh this the closeout for this show, this season, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful way to end it out. And to end it out with the Kendrick Lamar song, Pride, which I thought was a great, a great way to end it. I mean, that was, yes. just, that was just, yeah, a full, a full circle moment. And I, and I think this is an excellent way to cap it off. That wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Winter Burns. I'm my counterpart, Savon Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later. <laughs>